It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Reds podcast on this Thursday. I appreciate you joining in with me. Thanks for downloading and listening. I'm your cheap seat crony, your bench jackie with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, and we're talking Reds today here on the Locked On Reds podcast. Quick reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast to get your daily downloads on the automatic via iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And check us out at LockedOnReds.com. Today I want to talk a little bit about a Throwback Thursday for you. Kind of want to start this each and every Thursday bringing you a historic Reds player. Also want to talk about what Mark Sheldon wrote over at MLB.com. He had an interview with Dick Williams in which Dick said the front office has continued its efforts that they began back in the winter meeting. Said there was a little bit of a lull during the Christmas and during New Year's and all that good stuff, but everything has picked right back up and we should be having some exciting news coming in in the near future want to touch on that article as well but first like i said i want to start with a throwback thursday kind of had this idea today that with each thursday i'm going to take a look at a different historic reds player going to try to keep it a little bit out of the ordinary i know most of us know about pete rose and johnny bench and, and griffey and guys like that so I kind of want to look at some different guys in there, maybe some that you haven't heard of so much, but were key parts of the Reds franchise and its long history. Today I'm going way back into the 1930s and 40s to a catcher who really set the table for the Reds. In fact, he was their best catcher up until Johnny Bench came into the big leagues. Talking about Ernie Lombardi. Now, he's not the Lombardi that the Super Bowl trophy was named after, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that okay, yeah, that was really corny. Anyway, he was an absolute stud for the Reds. Ernie Lombardi is a Hall of Famer. He was inducted back in 1986 by the Veterans Committee. He's also had a heck of a career. I mean, obviously, you're making the Hall of Fame, you got to have a pretty good career. He had a career 306 batting average, hit 190 homers back in a day where you didn't see a lot of homers leaving the yard, 990 RBIs, and a career on base percentage of 358. Even some sabermetric stat heads can get behind Ernie Lombardi. His best season came back in 1938 when he won the MVP award after hitting 342 with 19 homers and 95 RBIs. This is back when seasons were 154 games instead of 162. So there's a few games cut off there. Plus playing catcher, he didn't play every day. And the most games that he played in a season was somewhere right around 129, 130, something like that. So he never saw every single day. He had off days every so often, but he still managed to be uber productive. He was an eight-time All-Star. He even won the batting title like in 1938 whenever he got the MVP. He also won it in 1942 whenever he went over to the Boston Braves. One of the most impressive things, though, whenever I look at Ernie Lombardi, is a statistic about strikeouts. He just didn't do it. In fact, for his career, he averaged 22.3 at-bats per strikeout. 
which is just unheard of. I mean, you think of some of the best players and now, you know, in today's game, they'll strike out once or maybe even twice a game. Yeah, maybe not average twice a game, but they'll probably strike out at least once. In fact, when you look at our fan favorite today, Mr. Joseph Votto, his best season that wasn't injury shortened as far as limiting strikeouts came back in 2017 when he struck out 83 times. Ernie Lombardi never struck out more than 25 times an entire year. And like I said, he still averaged, you know, somewhere between 110 to 120, you know, at at best he got up to 130 games in a year. That's just phenomenal. And in fact, whenever you total it all together in his career with Cincinnati, he had 4,288 plate appearances and he struck out a total of 158 times. He actually walked 264 times in his Reds career. He had almost, it's like, you know, just under 110 more walks than he had strikeouts. He was an extremely efficient hitter that was always the star of the Reds there for a long time. He was on the 1940 World Series champion team. Now, he had some health issues during that season. He was injured quite a bit, so he wasn't you know, the typical key bat in the lineup for the Reds in 1940, but he still managed to play 109 games and get 376 at-bats and bat 319 that year. He still had 14 homers and 74 RBIs and finished in the top 10 in MVP voting as the Reds won the World Series that year. Schnaz, as he was nicknamed by his peers due to his big nose, is rated as one of the top 24 best Cincinnati Reds of all time, according to BaseballReference.com. And you can totally see why if you go on the site or if you read any kind of story about him back in the 30s and 40s, which is the reason that I kind of wanted to choose him as our first throwback Thursday. With that being said, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back from the break, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the Mark Sheldon article on MLB.com. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks again for being a part of this Thursday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. We're going to dive into the article written by Mark Sheldon on MLB.com. Looks like he got to sit down with Dick Williams and talk to him about how uh, the 2019 offseason plans have progressed over the holidays. As well expected, they kind of slowed a bit. But as Dick Williams told him at the beginning of the interview, he said, quote, by virtue of technology, we were able to stay in close communication with each other and other teams. I would say there was a noticeable slowdown in discussions just during the week between Christmas and New Year's, but I've already had some contact today with other teams. It's expected to pick back up now that we're in the new year. These words come straight from the horse's mouth, which is really encouraging to me because whenever he pulled off the deal, whenever the front office pulled off the deal with the Dodgers, the first thing that Dick Williams told pretty much anyone that asked him was, we're not done yet. We still have the resources to make moves. And according to this article, Mark Sheldon says that they are still looking at pitching options, both through trade and through free agency. They've been in contact a lot with Derek Holland. It was confirmed on MLB Network Radio by Derek Holland himself that he has been talking with the Reds. 
Derek Holland is a nice pitcher that last year threw over 170 innings with a three and a half ERA. He's he did that kind of as a comeback year after struggling for a handful of years with less than stellar numbers. He's not a guy that I would think the Reds would sign first out of the people that are available. Now that being said, if they get him for a good deal, then I'm okay with whenever they sign him. But that's all value relative. Kind of like I said on yesterday's podcast, there's some value to be had there depending on how much they have to give up. And with free agents, with trade targets, no matter what you're looking at, there's something that has to be given up there. The nice thing, too, was as you read further into the article, Mark Sheldon talks about who's going to play center field. Dick Williams kind of said, you know, we're, we're looking at that. We're kicking some tires over in that direction. But at the same time, Dick said that they feel that they have the necessary talent on the roster, whether it be Shebler, who played there a little bit last year, whether it be Puig, who's got the athleticism to fill in there. He even mentioned Nick Senzel's name, which that would be really fun to see. It's a great way to get his bat into the lineup, which is something, it's it's a very key thing. And whenever I go over my season preview, you know, a little bit down the road here, maybe in a month or so, well, probably longer than that, whatever. But it's a key for the Reds in 2019 is getting him in the lineup. I really thought they should have last year. I thought he was ready. He's definitely ready this year. So it was encouraging to see him say that. Now, that being said, as far as fielding is concerned, Nixon Zell has limited exposure to center field. So maybe he doesn't start there at first. Maybe you don't see him there in late April, early May. But maybe by the end of the season, he's getting a little bit of playing time there. My theory is they could stick Puig in center field almost maybe even on a temporary basis. I kind of was talking with a fellow on Twitter about this yesterday is that I could see him being a temporary stopgap in center field for this year. You know, if he plays well, that's nice, and maybe the Reds are able to work out an extension with him. I'm not sure. He's going to be a 29-year-old dude heading into free agency. He might want to test free agency, but that's getting way ahead of ourselves. The point is, if he can play here for this year in center field, and then maybe they get Taylor Trammell ready for next year, who the Reds, from what, I'm hearing tend to view him as their center fielder of the future, then that's great too. Regardless, the Reds are leaving their options open. They're not cutting off at any one position and saying, you know what, we don't need that. Because as Dick Williams says later on in the article, any good team has more than just eight guys that are ready to play every single day. And that's the case. I mean, baseball I'm sure you've heard this a million times if you're a diehard baseball fan like myself, but baseball is a marathon. And when it comes to a baseball team, you need as many options as you can get. Now, that being said, we don't want people to languish on the bench. We don't want to see Jesse Winker like we did last season and waiting for him to get his shot. And then finally he flourishes, but we don't want to stick him back on the bench. He deserves to be out there every single day. Shebler's not a platoon candidate as was pointed out to me on Twitter as despite being a left-handed batter, he is actually better against left-handed pitchers than he is against right-handed pitchers. So that kind of messes that all up. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Nonetheless, the Reds are still working very hard on getting that last couple of pieces in there for contention. 
The article still talks about Dallas Keuchel, still talks about a possible trade of Corey Kluber or Sonny Gray, or maybe even signing Marco Estrada or trading for Marcus Stroman from the Blue Jays. We'll see how that all pans out. I definitely have different feelings one way or the other, and we can get into that maybe on Friday's podcast. Nonetheless, I'm excited because of some of the things that Dick Williams said at the end. Quote, good teams have more than eight guys capable of holding down an everyday spot. We do have the challenge of fitting them into the right defensive positions and allocating the right amount of playing time, but that's a good challenge to have. And I totally agree with him. I really think that coming into this season and throughout this season, the lineup is going to be the strength of the team. So we'll see exactly what they do with the pitching. That'll wrap us up for this Thursday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And make sure to be looking out for tomorrow's episode as I'll have a guest on the show with me for an interview. Uh, Just to give you guys a little bit of a hint, you kind of know who he is. I'll talk to him about what's going on with his life nowadays. And of course, talk some Reds as you're listening to this Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks again. Hey, and also, if you would, drop us a five-star review on whatever service that you're using here, iTunes or Spotify or whatever you got. Love to hear from you guys. And also look me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr. It's kind of weird. It's with three. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.